Okay, so I started sharing with you the 10 God questions every pastor, every Christ-centered pastor must answer. Today I'll do one, which is number five. Where are you from? Where are you from? Genesis 16, we are reading from verse 1 up to verse 9. Genesis 16, reading from verse 1 up to verse 9. Father, speak through me, bless your people. Let the entrance of your word give light and bring understanding to us, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. Okay. Now, Sarah, Abraham's wife, had borne him no children, but had an Egyptian slave named Hagar. So she said to Abraham, The Lord had kept me from having children. Go sleep with my slave. Perhaps I can build a family through her. Abraham agreed to Sarah, to what Sarah said. So after Abraham had been living in Canaan 10 years, Sarah, his wife, took her Egyptian slave, slave Hagar, and gave her to a husband to be his wife. Sarah was very bold. He slept with Hagar, as Abraham will, and she conceived. <laughs> Father Abraham, when she knew she was pregnant, note, when she knew she was pregnant, she began to despise her mistress. How I see young pastors that senior pastors have offered them opportunities to do the things senior pastors felt they didn't have the grace to do and then when they start doing it under the cover of the senior pastors they begin to despise their ministry they begin to speak against their ministry i remember when in, in one of our team um, where Reverend Mills and I went, one of the young pastors there bought a new car, Tia Roba. And then our senior pastor didn't have a car. In one of our conversations, he's saying that, Charlie, this is the fruit of my ministry. If you do ministry well, you get these things. Trying to say that the father that gave him the opportunity for ministry is not doing his ministry well. That's why he has a car and he doesn't. So when she started despising Sarah, there had to be a reaction. Then Sarah said to Abraham, Abraham you are responsible for the wrong I am suffering. I put my slave girl, my slave in your arms and now she knows she is pregnant. She despises me. May the Lord judge between you and me. Was a big statement. I just put my slave girl in your arms. And you are going to make her pregnant. Why? So what was Sarah expecting? Sometimes that, that's the problem. Oh. Sometimes you don't know why your congregation members are expecting of you. Hey. 
Sarah. Hmm. Now that she knows she is pregnant, she despises me. May the Lord judge between me, you and me. When Abraham heard that the Lord should judge, Abraham said, Your slave is in your hands. Abraham said, Do with her whatever you think best. Then Sarah mistreated Hagar. So she fled from her. You see, any pastor who comes from one church to tell you, I'm not being treated well, please investigate what is going on. I mean, Sarah, uh, um, um, Hagar started this, oh. He started this. He started the battle. She started it. The angel of the Lord found. So, 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 then Sarah mistreated Hagar. So she fled from her. The angel of the Lord found her near a spring in the desert. In the desert. It was a spring that is beside the road to shore. And he said, Hagar, slave of Sarah, where have you come from and where are you going? So we are, ask, we are asking the question, where have you come from? I am running away from my mistress Sarah, she answered. Please note this. It is not in everybody running who is running for something. Most people are running away from something. Hagar was running away. Running away is different from running for something. The fact that you are moving does not mean you are going forward. Most young pastors who leave churches, they leave not because they are running for something, they leave because they are running away from something. So, it's, you see, you don't have to run with people until you know why they are running. Are you here? You don't have to. Look at this young lady. Where are you from? And where are you going? She said, I am running away. I'm actually running away from my mistress. Running away from Sarah. I'm running away. I see a lot of young pastors running away from responsibility, running away from authority, running away from discipline, running away from direction, running away from their own shadows, and blaming their senior pastors for running away. I look at them and say, these people are running for nothing. They are just running away from something. I pray for someone here that you will not run away from something, but you will run for something. Don't run from discipline. Don't run from direction. Don't run from authority. Don't run from instruction. If you are running, run for something. Don't start battles you cannot handle. Don't start having this sense of importance when you are given the privilege of service. Don't come to that place to begin to think that I am better than the person who offered me the opportunity to be where I am. Now, I am more visible now than my spiritual father is. 
he's a very quiet gentleman sitting in somewhere. But under no circumstance will I ever think that I am better than him. He is the one who ordained me, who commissioned me, who set me on the path of the journey to where I have got into. When I look back, I don't see anybody but him. I see my resources have a source. And because that source is not getting dried, that is why I still have resources. He is not a man with a large congregation, but he's a man with a large heart. And I don't need a father with a large congregation to become successful. In fact, I need a father with a large heart to become successful. I don't need a five-star father to become a five-star general. There were people in the army who only rose to become warrant officer class one. But gave birth to children, put them in the army, educate them better than themselves, put them in the army, and their children rose to become generals. And yet, being generals, when they went home to meet their fathers who retired at warrant offices, they salute them, greet them, and respect them. Are you here with me? Sarah um, Hager's attitude is very descriptive of the attitude of a lot of young people, a lot of church leaders, a lot of people that are given opportunity to serve the Lord and come to this place of self-importance because they think that they are carrying something that the one that gave them the opportunity is not carrying. What Hagar did not know was that her seed was not the promised seed. Her seed was not the promised seed. You may be pregnant all right, but you are not going to give birth to Isaac. Are you here? The one God called and gave the promise to will still carry the promise no matter what you are carrying. Until you have the understanding that there is a source. If that source goes dry, you will go dry. Your resources will be limited. Until you have that understanding that I need to respect my source, I need to value my source, I need to even when I see my source is going dry, I need to help replenish it. Because your resources is traceable to your source. Sometimes when people talk about who I am and what I do and how I organize and how I put this in place, I just look at the, I just look at my spiritual father and I know that I reflect him. He's the same man that raised Takiya boy. He's the same man that raised Dr. Mills. And when we're growing up, the whole Ghana he was known to be the top marriage counselor. He blessed most of the fathers you see around. He blessed most of them their marriages. Or counseled them. He's called for missions every year. I try to join his missions or whatever. And 
if he, when he calls me, we see him, me receiving his call. Recently, he sent me WhatsApp because he knows where the is in town. He said, why are you guys? Why are you and your brother? I called him, Charlie. The old man is looking for us. So we need to go. We need to see him. The Anna is still there. We may be pregnant with Israel, but he's still carrying Isaac. Our pregnancy may be visible. May be visible. Our pregnancy may be visible. But when he eventually shows up, everybody will know that we are nothing. See what the angels, the angels respond to him. Verse 9. Then the angel of the Lord told her, go back to your mistress and submit to her. The problem was submission. Say, so go back and submit to her. The angel added, I will increase your descendants. So much so that they too will become numerous to count. Look, the angel was telling her, go back and submit and I will increase you. Submission, so you, you, if you cannot increase under authority and you feel you have to leave a place to go and increase somewhere, there is something wrong with you. Say, so go back and submit Go back and submit to her. The problem is submission. The problem is that you feel too big, too big because you are pregnant to submit to your mistress that gave you the opportunity. Go back and submit. The angel was specific. Go back and submit. Now let me conclude with what I call the dangers of comfort zones. You you know, Hagar left because what used to be a comfort zone was no longer a comfort zone for her. What used to be a comfort zone was no longer a comfort zone for her. She was Sarah's favorite slave. She was Abraham's girlfriend. And she could go to Abraham's chamber and Abraham will sleep with her. The Bible too can say things so. And we are talking about Abraham. At least polish is small. At least in, in Genesis they say, and Adam knew his wife. This one is saying, Abraham slept with her. So she was, she was so like, she sleeps tonight. The next day, Sarah also goes in. And then the next day, she goes. And then sometimes she will say to Sarah, she even started calling her Sarah, not Madam. You see, Sarah, not Madam. Started calling her Sarah. I know that yesterday was my turn, but today, let me go again. I'm the young girl. I'm the young girl. Let me go again. And when she got pregnant, dear, now she wanted Sarah to even cook for her. Sarah, today I'm not feeling well at all. Can you cook for me? So it was a comfort zone, no? was a comfort zone. She was living in the house of a man that God could talk to face to face. Peaceful place. But you see, most of us, when we begin, God begins to shake our comfort zones. We live there. In ministry, there's nothing like a comfort zone. 
In ministry, there's nothing like a comfort zone. There's nothing like it. So let me show you the dangers of comfort zone. For those of you who are waiting to get comfort zone, I've been pastoring this church for so many years. There's still no comfort zone for me. I'm solving problems every day. I'm solving problems every day. I'm getting disappointed every day. I'm getting wounded every day. I'm getting... I'm telling you. People you commit yourself to, you pour yourself into them, will still wound you. Will still hurt you. Will still do a lot of things to you. So for me, I've come to a conclusion that there is no comfort zone anywhere in ministry. So I'm looking for a comfort zone my brother, if you say me, I can't stand pressure. Me, when I go to a place and people, well, I'll just leave. I'll just leave. I want a place where I will have peace of mind. Ask the ladies who thought their fathers were straight. So left the house to marry Ellie. And fell into the house of another man called husband. And they realized that the men are the same. You are just like my father. Too difficult. <laughs> just like my father. My daughter is on break now and she's put me on diet to so make sure I eat at a certain time and make sure I don't eat at this time and she don't eat this and don't eat that and don't do this. And she's really restricting me. Then I keep telling her, well, you are practicing. That the same way you have to serve your husband. This thing never ceases. So don't, don't think that you are on break so you are coming to do it after break. You go back to school and you are finished. I told her that I'm Debodinizing you, you are now coming. You will leave home to school, or else I'm coming to your hostel. <laughs> because this is a, a lifelong journey that you will continue. If you have one battle in a church and you leave to another church, another battle is waiting for you. There's no comfort zone anywhere. If you think your senior pastor is difficult, leave him, go to another senior pastor. You see, they are the same. Well, a, a young man traveled from Cape Coast to me and came and wanted to serve under me and ask him, why are you leaving? He said, hey, he has a problem. First, he said he wants me to be his spiritual father. I said, yeah, but who is your spiritual father now? Why do you want to change fathers? Is that how you change fathers? So, who is your spiritual father? Uh, I was working with this man in Cape Coast and one day I got up. I didn't have money to go to church. So, I didn't go to church. And then he called me and said, where was I? And I said, I didn't have money. So, I didn't come to church. So, he said, and then he said, don't come to church again. So, he sacked me. So, I said, what are you doing now? He said, now I have my own church. I said, right now, running your own church. If you get up, you don't have money. Will you go to church or not? He says, I will go. I said, you see, the man was even, the man said, very nice man, me, to call me to tell me you don't have money so you won't come to church. That is the end of our relationship. Because I used to work when I was a congregation member, not even a pastor, from Adabraka to Caprice. Was fasting. To go and pray. When I was even a, now you were a pastor, you are not going to because you don't have money. I said, you are running from Friday from the frying, <laughs> frying pan to fire. I say, I'm more firing than that man. If you couldn't serve under him, not me. I saw somebody who left me and wanted to be work elsewhere. The person said, if you couldn't work with the of her, you can't work with me. When the person left, the person, this man called me and said, ah, this guy just came here. He said he's from your church. And he wants to work with me. I asked him, me, me your, your pastor, I want to work for him. Me, I want to work for him. 
And you, you want to work for me. So, if you are looking for comfort zones in ministry, don't expect one. And if you are really serious doing something in ministry, expect to have crisis in ministry. So, a comfort zone is a place of security at the expense of your success. At the expense of your success. For Edgar, for Edgar, she still wanted to have that security in that house. You may not have it. You may not have it. But stay there. A comfort zone is a place of relaxation at the expense of realization. Wanted to be relaxing in the bosom of Abraham. So before Lazarus went to the bosom of Abraham, Hagar was already in the arms of Abraham. And she still wanted to be there. It wasn't going to happen. And now that that was still happening, she felt the best way was to run away. Where was she discovered? She was discovered on a desert. I said, don't run away from something. Run for something. And when you are running for something, you are backed, you are supported by the person who sent you forth. Ministry is so dangerous to be a rebel. It's so dangerous to be alone. It's so dangerous to be going around looking for fathers. Some of you have ad ad hoc fathers. Every year you change your father. Now, comfort zone is a place of certainty at the expense of celebration. At the expense of celebration. So, she could no longer find certainty in Abraham's house. So she was running away. You don't have to, sometimes eh, you can be in a ministry. When I was in Bible school, Reverend Mills, I was living Reverend Mills, and we were attending the same church. At least he was sure that he was going to be the music pastor of the church. I wasn't sure of what I was going to be. And in fact, when he was called, When he was called, please let's welcome His Grace, the Bishop, Bishop Charles Ajinasari. Bishop, please, you're welcome. Bishop, please. Please sit down. Okay, so. I don't talk when fathers are in. So I'm going to conclude and then Bishop will take over in the next few minutes. So a place of certainty at the expense of celebration. So the one we said, I was saying that when we were in Bible school, but when I was in Bible school, I was living with him. He was sure that he was going to be appointed the music pastor of the church. I remember you having a conversation with me and telling me that when you get your appointment, how how the amount you are going to be paid, you will share with me 50-50-50. Because you were sure. I was not. But I still knew that that place was going to help me develop. I didn't have to be certain. So at this point, Hagar was no longer certain about because of her relationship with Sarah. So she had to run away. 
comfort zone is a place of friendship at the expense of fortune. There was no longer friendship between Hagar and Sarah anymore. But the angel still said, go back to that place. Go back to that place. Go and submit. There won't be that friendship anymore. There won't be that good relationship anymore. But that does not give you a reason to leave. Go back to that place anymore. I'm trying to establish that there are no comfort zones in ministry. So stop going around looking for a place where you can find peace. Me, I need peace. I need peace to serve the Lord. I'm sure Bishop will tell you that Perez Chapel is not a comfort zone for him. Every single day he's bombarded with problems he has to solve. Every single day he's stabbed at the back by people that he has raised, nurtured, groomed, and built. But he still has to be there because there are no comfort zones in ministry. Are you here? There are no comfort zones in ministry. A comfort zone is a place of bliss at the expense of blessings. Some people, which is, I, I remember in our spiritual father's house where we grew up together, they were very difficult people. There used to be a church board. I remember one day the church board calling us the young pastors. And I thought that, you see, they have been around for a long time. They have invested their time. They have invested money and other things. And we have just come in young guys from Bible school. And they didn't like the way we were conducting ourselves. They called us. They said, number one, if you get preaching appointment anywhere, tell us before you go. Number two, we want to see your sermons before you preach them. And we want to edit it. We want to analyze it. It wasn't comfortable, especially from Bible school with fire in your bones. That you, you believe that God speaks to you. So it wasn't a very peaceful environment. But we also understood that you didn't need a peaceful environment to mature and grow as a minister. So that it takes, it takes the rocks for you to be rugged and robust. So we stayed. We stayed. We stayed. Please remember when the angel asked Hagar, where are you from? Her answer was that, I'm, was, I'm running away from my mistress. It is not every movement that is forward. Keep this at the back of your mind. When you are, there are two groups of people who are running. Those who are running for something and those who are running away from something. Hagar was running away from something. Don't follow any pastor who is running away from discipline, running away from instructions, running away from, from the authority, running away from hardship. You cannot. I told you years ago, a cousin of mine was watching, I think I was on there on TV3, and he was watching TV3 with her mother, and they saw my name, Titi Ofe, and the mother said, Ah, Titi Ofe, also for Weber. Also for Weber, or you wouldn't have pepper, 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 
cousin or something. Go and see him. He will help you. Then I had a small office at Nungwa. You just started a church here. We were going through struggles. So this guy comes to me and introduces himself and begins to create the family connections and all those things and says that um, he's not out of job and that his pastor took him to um, Togo and put him in some village in Togo. He didn't understand their language. Couldn't speak their language and he struggled. And after two years, he left and came down. And now that he has seen me as his cousin, ah, why should he have a cousin like me and be suffering? I said, brother, missionaries came to Africa to learn our language, to translate it into the Bible. You live with people for two years and you did not learn their language and it's an excuse for non-performance. I said, the suffering you are describing, when I came to Sprinter's Road, the suffering I suffered, your suffering is not even 1% of it. If I had run away, you wouldn't have seen me on TV to come here to look for help. I said, there's no way I can employ you on the basis of this. Show me a CV that tells me you're a problem solver, not a, somebody who runs away from problems. David had the opportunity to fight Goliath because he showed a CV that showed that he was an achiever. I killed the lions, I killed the bear, and this one will become like one of them. He had a very impressive CV. When you come and you come for employment from me, the first thing I look at is your professional experience, the problems you have solved. Sometimes the problems we run away from are the very problems God wants to use to prepare us for ministry. God wants to use to prepare us for ministry. So stay in there. Don't be like Hagar. If you want to run, run for something. Never run away from something. Never leave the church because of a problem. Never leave the church because of someone. Never leave the church because of something. Because please, run. Now, she was asked two questions. Don't have time to look at it. Where are you from and where are you going? She could not answer where she was going because she was not running for something. She was running away from something. It is not every movement that takes people forward. The fact that you are moving does not mean you are going forward. Humble yourself. Stay in there. You may be pregnant with Ishmael, but please, when Isaac comes, you will see you are nothing. So keep that pregnancy, but keep obeying your Sarah. Keep humbling yourself. Keep serving. Don't let the opportunities that have been given to you destroy you. The Dr. Bessel says something. Say, people will be doing well in church, serving in church, until you ordain them. Then they change. The way they walk will change. The way they talk changes. The way they behave changes. Don't let that happen to you. I'm assuming that most of you are working with other pastors. Humble yourself. Stay in there. You may be pregnant with Ishmael, but don't forget it was Sarah that gave you the opportunity to enter the bedroom of the husband. Without Sarah, you wouldn't carry this thing. Don't use that gift to despise your pastor. Your pastor may not be, may not have the gifts of miracles. You may have the gift of miracles. 
Raise the dead, but don't forget the one who gave you the platform to get to where you are going to. You may be raising the dead, he may be burying the dead, but he is still Sarah. You can't change it. You can never change it. He has the promise. She's going to carry the promised seed. For be very careful. It is this little wisdom that will keep you in ministry for a long time. The Bible says that, and David behaved himself wisely. David was given the opportunity to do what Saul could not do. Yet he was not boastful. Yet he submitted. It was people who called his attention that, hey, Charlie, you have killed the 10,000, he has killed the thousands. He still did not dance to their tune. They sang, but he did not dance. Even when Saul attempted to kill him, he still remembered that this man gave me the opportunity to enter the palace, to play harp for him. I will not hurt him. That's why the Bible says that David behaved himself more wisely. Behave yourself more wisely. Thank you. God bless you. Amen. Can we have the choir come upstage? Just let's worship before Bishop Adnasari comes in. Quickly, please, let's come upstage. Let's just worship. Lift up your voice. Begin to pray. Begin to pray that you will not run away from something, but you will run for something. Any form of arrogance, any form of arrogance, any form of arrogance, any form of pain, any form of bitterness in your heart, pushing you away, pushing you away, pushing you away bow down from where God has placed you. Feel for them right now.